Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 874. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Yismach at TakeTenForTorah.org. It is Parsha's Bechukosai, so I figured we'd talk about something that comes up in the Parsha. Towards the end of Bechukosai, it deals with purchases and redemptions of land, and I figure we don't really talk a lot about Chosh and Mishpah. Chosh and Mishpah, remember, is the law of uh, business affairs and acquisitions and things like that. That's the section of Shulchan Aruch that deals with those topics. We hardly ever get there, so I figure let's talk about that a little bit. In specific, let's talk about the notion of kinyanim, acquisitions. You know, when I go to the store, um, uh, there's a sign that says, if I break it, I bought it very often. So if I'm holding the jar of pickles and I uh, drop the jar of pickles, so usually the store will look the other way if it's a jar of pickles, but if you're in a place where it's not a jar of pickles, it's something which is a little bit more rare, they want you to be very careful because it's not easily replaceable. So they say if you break it, you bought it. So that's actually not really true. If you break it, you bought it is not the fact. Uh, the fact is if you break it, you have to pay for it, but not because you bought it. Meaning there is some point in the exchange between a merchant and a buyer, uh, the seller and the buyer, where you have a uh, transition of the item. The item is was once belonging to the seller and now belongs to the buyer. When is that? So it's important to know exactly when that is in two possible scenarios. One scenario is where there might be damage that happens to the thing. Of course, if it's your negligence, it doesn't really matter who uh, who owned it, whether if it's your negligence, you're going to have to pay the vendor before if you have not yet bought it. If it already is yours, you had already paid for it, and therefore you're going to have to suffer the loss. But let's say uh, something else happens, lightning strikes, or somebody else comes and bashes into the thing that you just bought and damages and destroys the thing. Who's going to be on that? Who's liable or who's going to have to deal with that? The other area where this really matters is the area of retraction. Until what point can I retract on a sale? Until what point can I back out? Okay, so as we know, there are two very different types of property in Jewish law. This is, of course, true in secular law. A lot of what we're going to talk about is true in secular law as well, but not all of it is the same. There's karka and there's metaltalon. Karka is real estate. Okay, the laws of real estate are different than the laws of movables, of, uh, of metaltal and movable tangible items. So for karka, for example, one of the things that you can use to pay is cash, kesef. And so the way this would work is you pay a little bit of money. You don't have to pay all the money. What would happen is if, let's say, I'm buying a property for a million dollars, I could pay a down payment of $100,000, and the rest of it is zakfa bemilve, it's referred to. I, I now have a loan uh, that I owe the person the balance, but the acquisition has been made. As soon as that money passes, money changes hands, and for the purpose of money, let's assume for now cash. We'll talk about what is money uh, in a little bit. And then that uh, that makes an acquisition. Another way to make an acquisition is star. Star is contract. I write a contract. I, the buyer, am purchasing this uh, tract of land from a seller. Uh, that's star, and you have witnesses on the star, etc. As you know, Hilcho star. We're familiar with staros and documents from weddings very often. There's also something known as chazaka. Chazaka is when you take actual physical ownership of the thing. Obviously, it needs to be with the approval of the uh, the uh, seller. You can't just go and build a fence on the person's property when you don't own it. It has to come with his approval. And so the Shulchan Aruch, for example, in Chosh and Mishpat Kuf Tzadik Beis, 192, says, If I sell a house or a field, I break something, I, I, I build something, and then um, I, uh, I now acquire the thing. So that's the shtar, that's the chazaka. Uh, kesef is pretty straightforward. I pay any amount of money 
towards the thing, towards the item. Those are the major types of kinyanim. There's something else known as suder, where I symbolically hand over something of mine. I am the purchaser, and you and you sort of uh, respond with handing me over, so to speak, the field itself or the real estate. And so therefore, uh, perhaps uh, well, maybe more, but generally those four are understood. The Shulchan Aruch says, Bekesef b'shtar b'chazaka uvekinyan suder. Those are the list of four things that you can go and acquire land with. Now, when you come to movables, um, tangible goods, a car, a goat, a cow, oranges in the store, um, some sort of item that you would buy, so there are a few other types of methods of how to do it. One of the major controversies uh, deals with using money. And before we get there, let me talk about some of the others. So one way, of course, is Meshicha. Meshicha means to pull it. Hagba means to lift it. Mesira means to hand it over. Different ways of actually physical, physical, excuse me, physically taking ownership. I, I pick it up. I, I now own it. Um, so for example, let's imagine I'm in a store and I buy my groceries. At what point are the groceries mine. Let's say lightning strike. So let's say I want to change my mind. So changing your mind in a store, most stores have nice customer service and they'll do returns. Now, a return is generally a buyback, right? They're just being nice and they're offering you the opportunity to buy it back and give you the money back. But theoretically, if you had a store with had no returns, so at what point is it yours? So simply at the checkout counter, they put my stuff in the bag and I lift the bag up. Even if I haven't yet paid, so it's now my stuff. If something happens, that's on me. It's not on the seller. There are other ways as well. Um, uh, agav is if I buy land, I can have metal and movable things become mine as well through the land purchase. Or if I have movable things that are sitting within land, within the chatzer, within the courtyard of what I'm purchasing, I acquire all of those things as well. What gets the most complicated is actually money itself. If I hand you money for movables, so if I do it for a karka, for land, for sure, I acquire the land. But what about movables? So there's actually a machlokas in the Gemara about this, about whether or not um, money works. So the the end of the day is that money does not work. And let me explain why. I'm Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan, and says in the Gemara of Matzidaf, Memzayinam, and Bez, Really, money should acquire movables, right? I want to buy a pen, I give you the money, it's my pen well before I pick up the pen. But, So why do we use Meshicha? Why, according to Rabbi Yochan, why do we not allow money? So Rabbi Yochan says something very interesting. He says, We're worried about the following case. I pay money, and now you, the seller, are still holding on to my items. Imagine you're an Amazon fulfillment center. And I go and I pay the money in. So now my thing is sitting in that fulfillment center. And because it's there, let's say a fire breaks out, God forbid, how much are you going to care to save that stuff? Well, probably less so because it's not yours anymore. Technically, it's somebody else's. And so because of that concern, um, the, the, uh, the idea that you have to uh, make sure that the seller is motivated to be on top of it, to take care of it, we say that you don't acquire it as long as the seller still has it. Money will not act as that transfer. Rather, money will just uh, begin that process. Now, paying money doesn't mean nothing, and, and Rish Lakish agrees with this in the Gemara, but this is the Halacha Lamaisa. If you take a look in Simon Kuf Tzadik Ches in Shulchan Aruch, it talks about Dvar Konos. Really, the Halacha is that money should work, but the Chachamim said it shouldn't work. And there's, by the way, a similar law to this uh, when it comes, it's not a law, but it's sort of a rule. Credit card merchants, credit card billers are not supposed to be uh, allowing merchants to 
bill until things are shipped. It's like one of these, I don't think it's the law, but I think it's one of these unwritten rules that merchants should not be charging credit cards until the shipping is actually performed. And so because of this, because of this problem, the theoretical problem of the seller still holding on to the item while the seller doesn't own the item, so the Shulchanar continues, Why doesn't money work? Maybe the guy will give the money, Maybe it will be destroyed in some crazy freak thing. Maybe it'll be burnt, or maybe it'll be stolen. And if the buyer has it, and if he owns, it's owned by the buyer, then the seller whose possession it's still in, you know, won't go crazy to, to, to fight off the robbers, and won't go crazy to save it from the fire. They said it's still going to be belonging to the seller. It does not belong until the buyer, until he takes delivery, he takes physical possession. Okay, so he goes through some other examples that are not relevant for right now. Now, the Mishnah does make very clear that if I do pay the money, I should not retract. I mean, even though we've been talking about the fact that as soon as the acquisition is made, you can no longer retract, but before that you technically can, here we have this middle ground where money is paid for movables. I'm not supposed to retract at that point. The Mishnah tells us, and I think we talked about this in like the second or third uh, take 10, the Mishnah tells us, It's considered a tremendous breach when a person pays money and then retracts, because even though technically you haven't acquired it, you have started the process of the acquisition, and to retract at this point, a person gets like sort of a curse, that the guy, meaning God, who paid back the generation of the flood, the generation of the dispersion for what they had done, that person will be paid back as well. Now, nowadays we have a lot of complications when it comes to Kenyan Kesef. Kesef isn't what it used to be. Money used to have inherent value, used to be weighted metals, precious metals. Um, Nowadays we have cash that is not backed by gold. We have money orders, we have checks, we have wire transfers, we have credit cards, which really is not nothing, kind of, right? Somebody else is paying on my behalf and I pay them a month later. Hopefully, I pay them a month later. The The idea of cash and what is considered money is a far-reaching and very interesting discussion, but that's the general rule of how Kenyanim work.